So, welcome to episode one of season one of Tier One Talks, and I'm here with Chad Bell, a longtime friend of mine, and he is he serves our, our he has served our country and he has served our community. Um, he is uh, a lieutenant in a local police department and uh, is involved in uh, the SWAT team there and uh, is a veteran of the Navy. And he is an owner of a CrossFit box uh, known as CrossFit La Mesa. And their Instagram page is at CF La Mesa. And it's, uh, it's a blessing to sit here and talk with him today. I ha- had this opportunity once before and due to my technical difficulties of recording, was unable to get it solidified and out to you but it prefaces the concept of what I want to talk about today in many ways with Chad uh, is get to versus have to I get to sit down with a buddy that I don't get to see a lot and uh, have an opportunity to talk with him so without any more of me running on let's let's meet Chad hey good morning Kevin so uh, we're here at your at your gym yep CrossFit La Mesa, uh, up on in the uh, Mount Helix area in San Diego County. Right on, right on. It's a uh, it's a great gym. Last time I was here, we went through a pretty gnarly workout right afterwards. We did. We and, did. Uh, that was uh, the requirement for me to do an interview with you. You had to do a workout with us. So yeah. And you did very well. And uh, it's very hot in the gym right now because we can't open any of the doors when we're working out. So just based on this uh, this this COVID thing. Um, just trying to keep the social distancing thing um, and follow the order. So uh, just a couple people in the gym at a time. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys put out material where people can work out at home, right? We do. Yeah. So we'll program. Uh, we program. We'll, we'll put it up on Instagram a lot. We put it up on our website, uh, CrossFitLaMesa.com. Um, we put up workouts every day. So we put up one that's a barbell workout and another one that's more bo- kind of body weight types of. Uh, workouts that people can do at home that's awesome so it allows someone whether they have equipment or not to stay in shape right that's right. phenomenal that's phenomenal that's what people need right now in this in this time of uh, controlled insanity I, I kind of like to call it um, we're living in a time right now where I don't think we've ever seen this many people willingly give away their civil rights yeah yeah, I probably shouldn't go too far into <laughs> that, but I, I, I agree. I never thought that uh, there would be a time in our country where we actually couldn't open up our business, uh, couldn't get a haircut freely. Um, actually, the county is telling people to st- and the governor is to actually telling people to stay in their homes. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are sensitive to this. Uh, also, some people are really, really sensitive to the fact that they don't want to get anybody sick. They don't want to get people sick. So, obviously, you know, I think we all have to be sensitive to that. Uh, but unfortunately, the price for for that is is I believe taking people's rights away. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is it is funny. My my wife asked me the other day. She said, "Did you ever see a pandemic coming?" And I said, "Yeah, I saw a pandemic coming. You know, it, it's like." You, you know, you you can't antis- you cannot disregard that there's going to be a worldwide epidemic again like we're living right now. It's happened time and time again throughout our history. What I didn't see was the amazing control of the population and amazing survivability of the pandemic that we're actually seeing. Right. You know, here in San Diego County, a county of roughly 4 million people, I think we're up to 
somewhere around 210, 215, somewhere in that range of deaths out right. of 4 million people. And, and to have a worldwide pandemic where economy, global economy is shut down, to have such a control and, and, and not that every life is not valuable, but to have such a small loss of life is really astounding to me because, right. you know, we all grew up watching the zombie movies and seeing a pandemic turn into millions of people die and hundreds of thousands and nuclear winter and, right. you know, book, right. of e, book of Eli stuff. <laughs> right. And it's not happening, yeah, right. it, you know. Right, um, right. And so, you know, that, that, that definitely ties into what we're going to right, through right now, which is, you know, we have to stay in our house and be with our family or do we get to stay in our house and be with our family? You know, do right. we get to focus on reinventing ourselves and finding a way to make ends meet during these tough times, sure. or or do we have to struggle? And I think that's it's an opportunity for every every challenge we face in life is an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a backside to every single thing, uh, and uh, you can either sit in your home and uh, feel sorry for yourself, or you can. Uh, you know, do a, do several hundred push-ups a day and several hundred sit-ups a day and make the most of it. You know, we always have to make the most of whatever situation life throws at us. Whether you're in a training environment where the, the, the co training cadre is throwing uh, scenarios at you and you have to work through it, um, or you get injured, you know, uh, and you've got to deal with that injury. Um, you know, mentally you have to stay focused, you have to stay positive, whatever that looks like to you. But to get through anything, um, any adversity, you've got to stay positive through it. Yeah. Now, you, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about your career. Your, your background, you, you started off where in your career? So I started off uh, back in uh, 1997 uh, uh, with uh, the police department. I worked patrol for about, uh, about five years. I was a training officer there. Um, I helped start. We, we, we did not have a SWAT team at the time, so I helped uh, start that. We'd actually train on our own. Literally, we, we had an abandoned building uh, that our bosses were like, hey, you know, as long as you do it on your own time with your own gear, you can start a tactical team. And so that's what we did. Uh, and uh, as that transitioned into actually a formal team, I uh, had the opportunity, I made detective, and I went to a, a regional task force uh, from there for a couple years. Uh, did some undercover work, uh, buying some uh, dope and guns and some stolen cars. And um, uh, from there, I promoted to, to sergeant, went back to patrol. And then I had the special investigations team, special investigations unit, uh, for a couple years. And then I promoted to lieutenant. Uh, and then I've done a number of assignments as a lieutenant. I had the traffic division for three years. I had investigations for three years. Uh, been a watch commander for several years. Uh, in 2016, uh, actually 20, the end of 2015, the chief uh, asked me to take over the SWAT team, um, and it was absolutely my privilege to do that. And and with that, I had it for a couple months. With that, the uh, chief asked if I wanted to go to go to our local um, our local um, SWAT academy. And um, I was absolutely, lo I loved it, loved the challenge. I was a lieutenant at the time, so I was, uh, was very humbling to go through with a bunch of uh, brand new cops who, who were fighting to get onto the SWAT team. Right. Uh, and then I was there uh, as just, uh, just trying to learn and go through the process for, that was a four week uh, uh, academy. 
Uh, it was a great time, kind of rejuvenated my career. Uh, really, during that time, uh, and you know, we all go through ups and downs in career. And bef before this chief had come, I had some issues with the last command staff. Didn't really agree with them, and so my life had been pretty tough. That was one of the reasons why we opened up the gym. Uh, it's because I was actually thinking about getting out of law enforcement. And anyways, this new chief came on. He's a great leader. He's a great man. Uh, at, you know, uh, basically completely rejuvenated my career. When I, when I went through that SWAT Academy, um, going through that with these new officers and also the training cadre also uh, was astounding, phenomenal. And just gave me that love of wearing the badge again, of respecting, respecting the job again, respecting what we do. Um, it's so such a caustic environment, right? Law enforcement is such, can be such a caustic environment, negative, negative all day long, every day when you're working, um, and, and also the internal politics of everything too. Once you get sergeant and, and above that, there's a lot of internal politics that that you know just regular street cops oh, don't see, and so um, so getting that chance to go through that SWAT Academy and being around those new cops just really, really rejuvenated my career. And uh, that was 2016, it's 2020, and I'm still focused, uh, you know, straight and narrow, uh, going through everything. I'm happy to be back at the police department. I'm happy to go to work every day and, and, and you know, really, really support the officers, the officers, uh, the men and women, um, who are doing the doing the job? You know, answering the 911 calls and stopping the parolees and stopping the crime. Uh, you know, uh, I, I absolutely uh, uh, respect what they're doing, and it's very humbling for me to be able to help them. You yeah. know, with whatever they need. Yeah, and that's you, you know you you touch on a few thing, things there. I wanted to go back to and um, one. Uh, so 1997, you transitioned from prior service. Um, in the in the Navy earlier in your life, Correct, in '97. Yeah. So uh, we're in 2020 right now. So that's 23 years, mm -hmm. and that's something I wanted to address, which is, you know, th this this Instagram page that I run, Tier One Athletics, uh, Tier One Athletes. It, it's it is about people who have given 20 to 30 years of their life in service, and are where we are in our life, our 40s, 50s. I'm I'm mm -hmm. in my 50s. You're in your 40s. You're in an incredible shape. Obviously, fitness oh, is so huge. Are you. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks, buddy. You, it's it's obvious that your fitness is an incredible part of your life. Um, and so, when you went through the SWAT Academy as, as a SWAT lieutenant, how old were you? Uh, yeah, I was 43 years old. 43 years yeah. old. And were there different standards for you? No. No, so, they, so I was expected to do everything that, uh, that and, and that's what I said when I sat down with the SWAT CO who was running, the, running this particular academy from a different uh, agency. Uh, they allowed a couple people from outside agencies to go through their academy. Right. And I said, the only way that I'll go through this is if I um, can go through it just as a regular operator. And yeah. she was like, are you sure? And... Uh, and I said, yeah, I mean, that's the only way that I'm going to do it. Just, yeah. to, you know, have to be able to get the respect of the men that I'm going through with. Yeah. And, and that and that ties into something else, um, you know, because obviously um, it, you talked about how at the time you started CrossFit La Mesa, you were considering getting out. And I can relate to that. I've been 
I've, I personally have gone from busy station to busy station to specialty to specialty to paramedic school to different schools, hazmat school, urban search and rescue team. My background's in the fire service. Um, I'm currently in special operations working a, as a rescue captain on a heavy rescue in San Diego uh, County in that region. And uh, the, the thing that I thought was interesting, is, and it sounds like you did the same thing I did, which was you get to a point where you need a change. It, it, right. as, 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 as irregular as our job is with all the variances that we have and the different nuances that we've been able to do, eventually it becomes a routine, it does become a job and it does, it does get dull and it does wear on you. Right. And there is a lot of negativity. You know, when you, when you make a living out of seeing the negative of life, the depravity oh. of life, the worst of people, uh, murders, uh, traumatic events, everyone's worst day. Right. And, and you're expected right. to solve it. And right. it, weigh, it weighs on you and you have to have an ability to separate home from work. And sometimes those lines get blurred. Right. And right. what I've found, what I've found is, uh, for myself, I heard you do it. You renewed your vows with your department by changing direction. Right, right. Well, um, and so I can go on, you know, obviously, um, uh, you and I have a great rapport. We can sit here and talk probably for hours and hours. And, and one of the things that I could talk about is the, the true great leadership and, and uh, of the chief who came into our department, um, who, who really turned the, the department around. And uh, my career had stalled uh, because I had I had basically committed political suicide by telling the old chief and some captains no, um, getting into arguments with them. Uh, you know, I didn't believe that the direction that they were going, um, and so that's a whole other story. But what really what we should highlight is is the amazing leadership that that this chief um, has. And what an amazing leader he was when he came in. I didn't know him. And I'm sure all he knew about me was that I was probably, you know, a pot stirrer. He got the turnover. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, oh, great. You know, and literally, I mean, he met with me probably about a week after he'd been there and sat me down, it was just he and I, and he's like, look, you know, basically, if you don't get on board with the program, if you're a problem, I'm gonna get rid of you. And he didn't say it that succinctly. He said it very roundabout, but I was reading through the lines. Yeah. And he really thought I was going to be a problem. The thing was, is that I'm not a problem employee. I've come to work for 20 years, you know, or at that point, you know, 18 years or whatever it was, working my ass off every day, doing the absolute best job I could. Right. And so, um, you know, and so over the months that he had been there, I think he realized that he, he probably was given bad information. Um, and uh, that's when, you know, he's like, hey, do you want the SWAT team? Um, you know, uh, uh, and and that was something that, that I did want, you know, with my military background. And I wanted that team. The old chief had said I'll, I'd never have it. And so uh, just kind of as a punishment. And um, so for me to be able to come in and take the team and him to believe in me, you know. Uh, but again, it's all about that, that keeping your head up, you know. You got to keep your head up even when, even when things are bad, even when you're stressed and you have that anxiety. Uh, going into work and having to deal with issues all the time, um, you have to stay calm. You have to go back to your training, right? That's yeah. where that's that's where all of our base comes from. Our training, whether it's um, from uh, high stress training, even CrossFit's a great example of every time you come into the gym, 
every single time you put forth 100% effort into that workout. And you look it square in the face and you do the best job you can. And some days you're on it and some days you get wiped out. Yeah, and, never, never uh, gonna you, you, you're never gonna win. <laughs> you're never gonna win a CrossFit uh, a workout and that's what I love about it. But if you kind of relate that to that, to, 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 to when you walk into work and you, you have to put on that game face, you have to have, you have to have that, um, uh, 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 that desire to be the best every single day. And your command presence in whatever you do, whatever you do, whether you're a firefighter, police officer, uh, uh, military operator, um, uh, even if you're walking into a crowd of people, you have to have that command presence of and I'm not talking about walking in with your with with your chest puffed up and you're walking around like a rooster. I'm talking about you walk in and you have a confidence about you, and you're friendly and you're open. You have a smile on your face, but you're you are are confident and confident without being uh, arrogant or or cocky, um, and you're humble and you're humble with what every single thing you do, um, and that's important. And and for leaders in law enforcement and fire. Uh, in our military world, our best leaders are the ones that can walk in with a command presence and take control of the room without even saying a word. And the most amazing men and women I've ever met are those that are humble. They're humble. They don't talk about themselves. Uh, when you sit down with them, they, 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 you know, they, they want to know about you. Right. And, and, and those are the people that people gravitate towards, right? Yeah. But again, I think that that comes from, you know, I'll turn it back around to, I think that comes from hard work. I think it comes from hard work at work and I think it comes from hard work in the gym. You know, you've got to, you've got to put your body through some type of pain, I think, every single day. You have to challenge yourself every single day or you become stagnant. Laying on the couch is horrible. Laying there watching TV is horrible for you. Your body is doing nothing. Laying on the couch reading a book, now that is good, right? It's challenging, challenging right. your brain, challenging something new. And I'm, you know, and, 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 and I'm not talking about mindless reading. I'm talking about read something that teaches you something, whether it's a leadership skill or something like that. But every single day you have to challenge yourself. Even if you wake up and you feel like shit, um, you know, because you worked all night and, and uh, you know, and you've got a huge day ahead of you. Wake up and do something before you before you kick that day off. You yeah. Know? And, and and I will tell you, my best days at work are when I work out here at five or five thirty. I get my workout in here at CrossFit, and then I go into work at about seven seven thirty. And then whatever problem comes at me that day, it, it, there's just no, it's nothing's that bad. Right. Nothing's as bad as the workout that I just put myself through. Right. Right. And so, um, I, and for me too, is it knocks some of my fire out. It knocks some of the edge off that I'm feeling. Uh, yeah, we call that at work coming in hot. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when, when, <laughs> when guys come into work and things, things didn't go so well at home and they, they get yeah. to work and they come in hot. And, yeah, that's a great uh, term. I've never heard that term and that's a great term. Yeah, yeah. You, you see it when a guy, you know, things aren't going so great and they come in and they come in hot and they're basically they're looking for a fight. They haven't blown off yep. the steam and... Yep. Haven't haven't honed their edge of what they can and can't handle, and I, I think there's a yeah. lot to be said about something you said 
which I, I tell my kids all the time, and Hudson, if you get a chance to listen to this, he's my youngest, he's my 10-year-old right now. Uh, I've been training him um, out here on the hills running, and I said, Hudson, we're, we're gonna do something that sucks every day. And, and I said, you get to say that. And you know, here's a 10-year-old saying, <laughs> I get to say, do something that sucks every day. And right. I said, yep, you, you get to say that. It's, you, know, you get busted at school for saying it, but uh, we're gonna talk about it out here and we're gonna do something that sucks every day because if, if you do that, then your, your brain gets hard. That's right. And you can tolerate things. And That's right. You, you, you can, you can uh, get through things in life that other people won't get through. Right. Um, and they, they'll wallow in their misery instead of, uh, you know, pick themselves up, dust yeah. themselves off, and re-engage. That's right. And, That's right. and uh, I keep telling, I keep telling Hudson with, keep telling Hudson with uh, the things that things that they're doing. That when we're out there, and when some of these hills around where we live here, oh yeah, they're gnarly. gnarly hills. They're gnarly. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I get I get them running this quarter mile repeat up to the water tank up here. Yeah. And, and it's miserable. It's miserable yeah. for me, it's miserable for him. And, <laughs> and you know, he's 10 years old and, and, and he's, he's looking at it and he's thinking it's it, un, un, unachievable. Right. And I just tell him, I said, you know what, son? Look down, make sure your next foot falls forward, don't stop running, and don't look at the end. Just take one step at a time. Yeah, and, that's it. And, and, I, and I tell him this, and you know, this is a famous uh, saying out there in, in the um, operator world, how do you eat an elephant? One, One bite, bite at, at a time. time. That's right. And, and that's, that I, I think is how CrossFit actually crosses over into our careers. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest lesson that you take from it is, this is gonna suck. I'm not gonna be overwhelmed by it. The, the enormity of the situation is manageable. Um, and I'm going to chip at it. I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep chipping at it and I'm gonna get through it. Yeah. And um, I, I think it does create that humility, and especially when you get an opportunity to work in a team environment, and you're doing those workouts in in a, in a team aspect. One of the things that uh, my fitness journey—I I'm, I'm wouldn't call myself a CrossFit athlete. I would call myself a uh, a tactical athlete, mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think CrossFit parallels into what I do. Um, I, I've brought a lot of other things that are probably CrossFit into what I do, but I, I train to be able to survive the uh, physical requirements of my tasks, um, which are probably more along the lines of a, well, just carry a lot of weight a long ways and right. lift right. heavy, un, odd objects, be able to <laughs> right. go for 30 right. to yep. two hours, 30 that's minutes right. to tower, two hours right. at a time and be able to move fast if I have to. Right. I, I guess that's CrossFit. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, I'm getting away from that. I, w- I want to get back to the uh, what we were talking about, which uh, when when we were talking about um, your your boss and meeting your boss again, we were talking about uh, what other people's opinions were of you. That mm-hmm. was basically a reputation right. uh, of someone else versus right. who you really are. Right. And that's your character. So you know, I, th- I think a lot of people confuse reputation and character and um, let's be honest someone who is not concerning themselves with what other people think about them and is working just to be better than they were yesterday right. that's going to offend people do you agree with that oh a hundred percent hundred percent I think the people that are refusing to grow uh, 
and if you're listening to this, you're not, probably not one of those people. But there are people out there that will look at people and resent them for the fact that they're always trying to better themselves. Absolutely. There's somebody who always wants to take something from you. And there's a lot of jealousy out there um, because people don't want to put in the work. That, that's the whole thing, right? It's hard. So somebody who's, not, who's willing, so people who are listening to, to this and who follow your, um, your Instagram page, they're not those people because they're not afraid to do work. If they're listening to this, they're not afraid to learn and do work. It's the people that sit on their asses every day and they expect things to be handed to them. And when things aren't handed to them, then they look to people who have what they want and they try to take it by means of generally sabotaging your career, sabotaging your work, um, uh, uh, sabotaging your character, and, 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 and trying to, 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 to again, you, you differentiated between the character and the, um, uh, the character and the, um, reputation. and reputation. And so they can, they can try to sabotage that reputation. Um, and, and, and some people can be successful. Some people will listen, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but that's where it goes back to where you were differentiating between the character. Is if your character is strong, uh, and your integrity is strong, and your work ethic is strong, um, it's not going to matter. And um, you know, the, if you work hard every single day when you wake up, and again, like you said, if you do something that sucks every day, you will be a better person the next day. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm a great great person here that that's for sure I, I'm flawed just like all of us right um, but you know I've got I've got a I've got a police department to manage you know I've got a gym my wife uh, runs the gym but I but but I've got to be here helping her um, and, and and then I've got five kids you know yeah. I've got one at college one getting ready to go to the Naval Academy here in June um, and the other kids, one, uh, two in high school, and, and one little eight-year-old who was just out here. Yeah. And so, which again parallels your 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 situation with your kids, and and those kids, they have to, you know, when they wake up in the morning, I'm not home. I'm not home because I'm already at the gym. Right. Right. And then they go to school. When they get home from school, I'm not home because now I'm at work. And so every single day. They, we don't talk, we have dinner every night together. Whoever's home and not at sports practice or whatever, we have dinner every single night together. That's huge. Right? So and in today's so, America, that's a huge yeah, quality. Well, have. it's important. But you know what we don't talk about? We don't talk about how hard we worked or how hard practice was at water polo or soccer. You know, yeah. we, we talk about, honestly, we just probably make fun of each other more than we do anything else. But I don't sit there and talk about work. I don't sit there and talk about my day. I don't bring home negative things. Um, you know, you talk about what the kids want to talk about. And, and, and again, that's what comes, that humbleness. And so what you get then, I, I believe, this is just my belief, but is the kids see you work hard, but not talking a bunch about it. Right. You know, you're not a blowhard. You're not like, oh, I went and did this today. So, you know, it's like so much work. I, ha I had to get all this work done. Um, and, and I work so hard. Look at me, look at me, look at me. We don't do that in our house. We are very humble. Right. Um, you know, I have some pretty successful athletes uh, in the household. Um, and and, and my, my oldest son got in, and I'm bragging a little bit here, but he got this, a this is time. This is time <laughs> right. and place, buddy. This well, is time and place. Well, I'd rather same. brag about them, but my oldest son got a full academic ride, so he busted his butt and played, uh, played uh, water polo for three years, decided he didn't want to play that anymore. 
um, and just really worked hard and got a full academic ride to College of the Holy Cross in Massachusetts. Um, and then my second oldest uh, continued on with water polo and uh, they actually used to play your daughter when they were little guys. Yep, yep. And uh, your daughter was amazing, by the way. And uh, so my second oldest uh, uh, was successful enough in water polo that, that he got recruited by the Naval Academy and that's where he's going. And he'll be fourth generation Navy, which I'm very, very proud of. And um, you know, his whole goal is to be a SEAL. And my second old, my third oldest boy, uh, plays soccer and uh, where he wants to go to the academy as well and, and, and his goal is also to be a Navy SEAL and for me that is the uh, the the top top tier right like going to the Navy and going to the academy um, but 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 not even necessarily because it's a SEAL team that they want to go to I, I I appreciate and respect the fact that they're not afraid of the training and the hard work to get there well not only that but uh, some of our listeners are going to understand this, but if you go in, first off, getting in the Naval Academy, amazing accomplishment, amazing accomplishment, whether it's athletic, academic. We had we had the Naval Academy in our house looking at our oldest son for football, and he almost committed, and, and my son's not built for it. Uh, my oldest son is not built to be in the military. I don't think he is. And I had them explain. My oldest son is not either. He was about, he was about to say yes, and I had them say, tell me, Tell my son right now what 5 a.m., you know, what a typical day in a freshman is at the Naval Academy. And, and uh, when, when, they, when they described the full 24 hours of every day of your life for that freshman, um, plebe, I think is what they call him, right. uh, he decided as soon as, as soon as that officer left the house, yeah, Dad, that's not for me. I said, yep, <laughs> right. I, I agree. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted, like, I saw you wanting to go you know, because you wanted to play football and they were going to throw the ball and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I knew that I've never yelled at you. You're not going to handle someone yelling at you. And that's just not you. And so it, it's not a good fit for him. I'm not saying that he won't have something to do with something along those lines in the future. Sure. Because I have yeah. no idea where his, his life's going. Yeah. However, going back to your kids, achieving the Naval Academy, amazing accomplishment. Um, but deciding to go SEAL for the Navy and committing your life to the Navy and then saying you're going to be a SEAL. There is no plan B. Right. When, when you, when you get into that contract, you, uh, if you fail out of buds or you quit out of buds, you still owe the Navy your time. Right. And you become for the needs of the Navy. Right. And now as an officer, it's a little better than as an enlisted, right. but you're going to be doing the officer equivalent of for the needs of the Navy, right. which means you're going to be managing the people painting the ships right that's right. really what it comes down exactly. to exactly so it's not like oh i missed I, I missed being a navy seal now i now i get to do something else cool in the navy right no, i get to you, go fly a jet or something yeah, yeah. no it's it's and and uh it's a huge mental conviction it to is. say i'm going that direction it is and my hat's off to all those people it that is. are saying it yeah yeah and mine too <clears throat> and that's why i have so much respect for these boys um and uh you know and and they're working for it uh the, you know my son who, who who is committed to the Naval Academy he's he's worked for it you know he, he's he's a he's a very very uh, very good water polo player and a lot of the parents are like oh he's just gifted he's just gifted and and I, t I take I offense that. me too and I, I, and I take offense to that and I, and I don't tell the parents that but but my wife knows how I feel about it. I take offense to hearing that he's gifted because I will tell you that he not only spends hours and hours a day in the water 
We used to force him to swim as well. So we'd go to water polo right. practice, then he'd swim for two or three hours. But let me tell you, this is a kid that lays in his bed and throws weighted water, water polo balls up in the air all evening long. Right. Um, he it's the work behind the scenes. Right. He constantly has even a soccer ball. When, when he's washing dishes, the kid's got a soccer ball at his feet. He constantly is manipulating a ball. And so, so is there some, is there some uh, 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 gift there? There is with his, with his size um, and, and, and some of his athleticism, 100%, yes. 100%. However, there's a lot of very talented people out there that throw away their gifts every day. Every day. Throw away their gifts every day. And, and he has not done that. And so every, this is, I truly believe this, is every single one of us is gifted with something that we could be the best at. I truly believe this. It, it could be, you could be the best bricklayer, right? Like, if you tried bricklaying, people who knew bricklaying, they'd be like, oh my God, I've never seen anybody uh, uh, do bricks like that. Um, my son fortunately found swimming and water polo, and that is truly what his body is meant to do is be in the water. He's a complete disaster on land. He runs into doors and walls and falls, literally falls down when he's walking. You put him in the water though, and he's, it's poetry. I truly believe that each one of us have a gift of being the best at something. You just have to find it. And I've never found it. I've done a lot of things in my life um, that I'm mediocre at. I, I was mediocre at riding dirt bikes, you know, and jumping and, and, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm a mediocre at very, very best at CrossFit. I'm a mediocre uh, 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 husband. I'm a you know, mediocre right. father. Uh, I, I think that law enforcement, when I, when I first started it and I was out there really going after the parolees and, and those types of things, I, I think I was, I, was, I was good at that. I think there, there was a, some, some talent there. Um, and also, you know, just because I put in the hard work, but I don't believe that I've even found it. But I truly believe that each each one of us ha has a gift, a natural gift somewhere that, if honed, you can absolutely be the best at. Um, and uh, you know, you just got to find it. So right. I, I do I do believe that. I believe yeah. it too. Uh, I think I think I mentioned this to you before. And it's, I find it funny. I think my superpower is being ordinary. <laughs> I think that maybe that's what mine is. You know, like I, like I'm vanilla. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I, really the best at anything. but, yeah. but damn, I'm gonna try. Yeah, I'm the and, same way. And I'm not gonna fucking quit. Exactly. I, I, I don't quit. No. That's one thing. Yeah. That's one thing. I, I I don't know where it came from. I, I don't know who taught it to me. Um, but I don't quit. Yeah. Even when I'm supposed to. And um, you know, just recently, I, I think I was telling you last time we got together. I had a partially, uh, I think they called it sublux, but it was basically a dislocated hip. Mm -hmm, and right. I, I was still running on it and I was still lifting on it and I was just tearing myself apart. Right. Th thankfully, I went to a chiropractor that uh, used to work for the San Diego Chargers. Guy put me back together. I'm, I'm not 100% now, but I'm, I'm 98. Yeah. You know, and I still have a little bit of pain in there left over. Hopefully, I didn't do any real damage being, you know, 51 years old. But, but, uh, that that was a classic case of like well yeah it hurts but I'm gonna keep going yeah and um, well dude I worked out with you a couple of weeks ago and you smashed it so I, I I would say you're you're there well I so. try I just try yeah. I, I'm always looking around to see who am I chasing yeah and, and I gotta be honest like you know I, I 
I always put everyone around me on a pedestal and I'm chasing them. It's right. not that I'm trying to beat anybody. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rise to their level. Sure. And and I think people are at a higher level than me. And um, I try to keep that mindset that I'm not as good as those around me, and yeah. I need to prove my worth. But the, but if everybody thought that way, can you imagine how amazing the world would be? Because that's humble. That's being humble. Um, and I don't care how good you are. Um, the the baddest dudes that I've ever met are so humble and you would never know. And the only reason why you even know what they've done is one, you've been there and seen it, yeah. or it's by, um, by reputation. Um, but you'll never know. You'll right. never know all that they've done and accomplished because they'll never tell you. Right. You right. know, and I, and I think that it comes from that, what you just said is they probably put everybody around them on a pedestal and they're just trying to rise to their occasion but I think that's what brings out the greatness, you know, and if people can figure that out, if you can articulate that, a lot of that comes with age and wisdom and, and doing kind of what we do. Um, but if you can figure that out, man, I wish I, I wish I could have figured that out at the age of 25 when I when I first became a, a police officer. Right, right. You know. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's funny that, that, that wisdom is, is lost on the elderly. You know, right. we, um, and I'm sure you're running in the same situation. All, all the, you know, my wife and I are in our 50s and we talk, tell our kids all the time, we have four of them. And <clears throat> when we're parenting them, we, we try to say, hey, there's a hundred years of life experience here. Right. Like helping you through this one decision. You know, you're going to make your decision, but at least hear us out. Hopefully you'll take some of what we have to say to heart and hopefully it'll help you go the right direction. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because I see my kids uh, struggle at times on self-imposed struggles. And, mm. you know, I guess it, it's a truism that we all have to make our own mistakes. Right. And, 100%. And, you know, but those mistakes give us our wisdom, like you were right. talking about, yeah. and where we are today. And, you know, um, so that, you know, that ties in. What are, what are the lessons you've, you've learned out of, uh, out, out of your career? And, and CrossFit, I think we kind of hit on them, but, yeah. but just a, a synopsis of them. Yeah, uh, well, that's, um, <laughs> you know, it's odd to sit here and articulate all those things, uh, but, it, but it's probably helpful uh, to kind of understand yourself, I guess, when you are forced to articulate kind of what you're thinking. Uh, but, you know, my, 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 biggest, my biggest life lessons have come from failures. Um, they are not from the successes. Success is bullshit successes is self uh, self-made you know it's like oh that was a great arrest that I just made what'd you learn you know nothing you nothing. don't learn anything from being do, doing those great things you know you learn from falling on your face and you learn how to be a better leader um, from falling on your face and having good leaders around you that pick you up um, you know and I'm not talking about always a formal leader it can be an informal leader it can be somebody who you who you're on your your fire team with uh, on a squad with uh, in a platoon with uh, informal leader who just picks people up and that's what they do someone right? who leads by influence not authority right, right. exactly yeah. I call them subordinate leaders yeah. I train all my guys to be yeah. subordinate leaders 100% and um, but you know uh, I, through life you know I, I would say that that honestly honestly I, I, I believe, um, and, I, and I'm going to give the credit really to, 
to CrossFit with with really some of um, my character that I have now, and that is truly just quit your complaining, quit your bitching, and just do the work, and quit feeling sorry for yourself. Pick the barbell up, pick it up, you know. And it's like we all have those internal battles when we're doing something that's hard, right? Right. right. But you need to be able to do something that's hard every single day. And so, um, you know, that, that with what we're talking about, I would say probably that's the biggest takeaway, right? Um, I think it, it's it, an amazing parallel. Yeah. I think yeah. I really think it is. You know, the my, my dad used to tell me when I was in college, I was away, and uh, he used to say, uh, when when I was having a tough time, he'd say, well, "Did you work out today?" And uh, I played water polo in college. And, you know, the strength program and water polo, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was tough. And, and he said, he would say that. And I'd say, it, often I'd find myself, no. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, get in the gym. And my dad was not a physical specimen at all. He, he, he was not a gym guy, but he would, he used to tell me, you know, the ancient Greeks or the ancient Romans said, you have to have a healthy body to have a healthy mind and, and vice, vice versa. hundred percent. And it's funny. Cause I see, you know, like I, I run the circles I run in, I want to be around people that work out. I just do. And I find that the people that don't work out, that there are people in my profession, and I think probably in yours as well, and in the military, we all see it, even if they make it into the elite teams, you know, the the you know, the special operations forces of whatever branch we're talking about, military law, police, people make it in there that are are, are no longer physically competent and they chastise those that do. Right. And it's funny. And it goes yeah. back to the statement you said earlier. They're trying to take away from you to make themselves feel better. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to justify what we're doing as right. It, it, even when we make wrong decisions, we still want to go back in our head and be like, well, I did it because of this. You know, it's like, no, you just were wrong. And the, the you know, the, the sooner that you realize when you make a bad decision of just owning it and being yeah. like, nah, I fucked that up. Um, and, and, and you can make excuses, but... Most of the time, you just fuck something up and just own up to it uh, and don't beat yourself up over it. You know, that is definitely one thing that I've learned is, God, we're our own worst enemies, especially, especially the groups of people that we work around. Um, Tier one athletes, you know, tier one uh, law enforcement, tier one operators. Yeah. uh, uh, All the, that is we are probably the most hard on ourselves. That's why we do what we do. And that's why we challenge ourselves the way we do. But don't beat yourself up. If you make a mistake, if you fail at something, own it. Fail hard, own fail it. fast. Yeah, own, own it. it and then pick yourself yep. up, quit your, quit your whining and do it better the next time. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it better the next time, then don't, then, then stop your, stop your belly aching. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, but, but as leaders, we need to, uh, make sure that our, that our, that our people, our troops, uh, our officers, our firefighters, um, you know, our operators, they understand that, that we expect them to fail and it's okay to fail, right? right? It's okay to fail. You're there to pick them up. You're there to help them. It is okay to fail. Yeah. As long as you're not deliberately hurting somebody or trying to fail. Right. In our jobs, people can die if we fail, right? Right. So that really isn't a, um, we can't say I want you to fail. 
But failures on small things at small levels are going to happen. Uh, you know, it, little tiny things, you know, little small failures will happen. Right. And right. we need to be able to support our people and be like, ah, that happened because of this. Let's identify that. Let's debrief. Let's figure out what, why we failed here and do it better the next time. I, I tend to, I work in, in as the training manager for our technical rescue team. And, and for the whole team, I create easy scenarios. They're wins. You know, they're, they're, they're so softball pitches right down the middle of the plate, hit a home run. Um, I also manage a division um, with a co-captain co a division. And we have a philosophy together that we set up near impossible situations for our guys. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do it is to train at ludicrous speed, we like to call it. Right. <clears throat> you know, take it to an unrealistic level, a scenario where it's almost impossible to win right. and you're prone to make mistakes. And our belief is that if I teach you how to fail and keep going, that when you're alone and operating and it's very difficult, it's going to be a lot easier. Absolutely. And, and if I can create the most ridiculous situation that will more than likely not happen in the real world and make you work through it and handicap you by taking away options and making you think outside the box. What's going to happen when you get uh, something that would be out, out of capability for an average operator, but now for you, that's just a routine vanilla run. And th right. the emotion's gone, the stress is gone, you're in shape, you're operating. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, in that movie Black Hawk Down, mm -hmm. that, that great movie. Right. And uh, I remember the two guys um, two special forces sergeants who they were snipers and they get requested to be inserted into one of the right. Blackhawks had been shot down yeah and they Great got man. put they got put in and they knew that they weren't coming out yep. and heroes absolute heroes yep. um, uh, I can't remember their names right now I've actually posted about them before Shugart mm -hmm. I think is one of them and mm -hmm. I forget the name of the other but absolute heroes look yep. up the story yep. but those guys they, they were depicted in the movie of getting into the helicopter where somebody was trapped and said hey buddy I'm going to shake you up a martini type thing. Mm -hmm. Everything's cool, calm, and collected. Here's your gun. I'm going to be outside shooting bad guys, and I'm going to get you out of this. Mm -hmm. And it was a horrible situation. It was a no-win situation, but they believed they could win. Right, right. And that's that's what that that's what that type of training and, th and that mindset creates. Sure. Is that anything is possible. Yeah. Survive, survivability through chaos is, um, is the absolute what we do. And we have to be prepared for the chaos of war. Right. You know, the chaos of war, the f which can create a fog of war, you know, and that chaos and that training in those circumstances where there's unwinnable, unwinnable scenarios is where we should be and where we should be even with our training in the gym is unwinnable situations. Unwinnable. Why are you going to go and do Fran 30 times in a month? Uh, and you know you can do pull-ups and you know you can do a thruster. Throw in some muscle-ups. Throw in some, some things that right. cause chaos in your body, right? And in your mind. Right. And you will be better. Yep. You will be better. So. Can't, can't agree more. I can't agree more. See, you know, what a great conversation. Yeah. Um, Good la times. Last thing. Um, it's Memorial Day in a week. Yeah. Murph. Yep. Is it going to be happening here at CrossFit La Mesa? Yeah, we're going to do it here, even if we're closed. Um, uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to have small classes again, social distancing, and 
trying to follow the county health orders um, as best we can. But but there's no we we just you know uh, we just can't not um, respect that day. And and we do Murph to not only respect uh, the man who who who, who really. Um, he knew he was going to get killed, you right. know, and put it out there for his team. But not only, you know, he's kind of the name that the workout that we do. But we do that day, Memorial Day, is a huge, huge day in my my house. Uh, that weekend, generally, <laughs> we'll, we sit around and we watch old war movies, um, and we talk about uh, who's been killed in action. Um, and and uh, it's an important day for our family. And everybody knows on Memorial Day that, that we, we do some type of something that's very, very painful where you're going to pay. Um, you're going to pay for what other people have given you. Right. And whether that's the people who were killed in World War II, World War I, uh, Vietnam, um, getting killed right now, um, you know, we are going to pay our respects in one way or the other. And, and in my household, we do that by, 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 um, by doing a hard workout. Um, and so we will be doing it here. Um, uh, again, we're going to have small classes, but we're going to run the classes throughout the day. Um, and uh, we're going to do it. If we get shut down by the sheriff's department because we're doing something we're not supposed to, then, then, then I guess we'll have to talk about that when that comes. But, um, but we are going to be here, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pay our respects, our, our, our duly uh, 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 you know, deserved respects. Yeah, yep. I'm doing it too. I'm going to be doing cool. it at work. Cool. Um, gonna do the whole plate carrier thing, the whole whole nine yards. Um, hopefully, try to get a few seconds better this year than I did last year. Um, that, that I think uh, I think my time from last year was my first Instagram post um, of of uh, tier one athletes. Okay. Cool. And uh, I think that's how I got into this. You know, pouring my mind out, putting my workouts up there, and uh, it's morphed into doing this podcast and. And uh, I wanted you to be my first guest because we've been friends so long. We have a common mentality. Uh, we're neighbors. Our kids grew up together. And uh, we hit both spectrums, two out of three spectrums. Actually, you being a Navy veteran, we hit all three. But uh, I'm going to be hitting up some combat veterans here pretty awesome. soon. Yeah, and some other, some other uh, PD people. And we're, we're going to keep talking about, on Tier 1 Talks, we're going to keep talking about the lives and the careers, the lessons learned. And we're going to talk about career transitions. That's a, it's a big one I see. You know, a lot of us are long in the tooth in our right, careers. Right. Um, I'm actually uh, next month deferring my retirement. I'm starting my wow. five-year countdown to leaving the fire department. And uh, wow, huge, huge milestone. Yeah, it's good. It's a huge. I'm at 27, 27 years right now, and I'll have uh, 32 years of service when I'm done. Wow. Pretty happy about it. It's uh, awesome. It's uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, everyone that's out there, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been uh, Tier 1 Talks. Once again, Chad Bell from CrossFit La Mesa. That's at C-F-L-A-M-E-S-A on Instagram. Check them out. They got cool workouts on there. They're on Facebook. They're on uh, the Internet. You'll find all their material. And uh, we look forward to having the next podcast coming soon. You all take care. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, 
Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.